In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text comes from St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 13. Lead us not into temptation. I love my mother's food with great nostalgia, I recalled how our neighbors and friends from afar and near will come to our humble home to enjoy my mother's food. In those days in the Gambia, British West Africa, hardly would anyone cook on a Sunday. Perhaps some of you will remember such days. Absolutely no food is cooked on a Sunday. Sunday was meant as a day of worship and rest. No one will prepare a food. And I recall then, including my mother, will prepare her food on a Saturday and delicious food on a Saturday. And on this Saturday then, as she prepares the food, and while they were sleeping, enjoying their sweet sleep, here was John enjoying my mother's food. I could not resist the temptation of that smell and taste, and so it urges my appetite. And there I went straight to the kitchen. The tempter tempted me, and so I enjoy my mother's food while she was asleep. And Jesus says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Oh boy, I could not have resisted my mother's food. Lead us not into temptation. Surely, this is what Dr. Bruce Hatton will describe and probably put it in a psychotheological framework as the tentatio of our lives. The devil saturates us, is with us, he dwells inside us the tentatio of our lives. He's always around us. And so the devil, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, tempts Jesus. Listen to what he says to Jesus. 
if you are the son of God. And guess what? Three other times the devil came to Jesus. If thou art the son of God. Second time. And the persistent Mr. Devil dared to come to Jesus the third time. And he said to him, if you will bow down and worship me. It shows just how determined this guy called the devil was. No space, no limit, no boundary. He enters everywhere and all were. To devour, to destruct, to tempt, and to destroy. Oh yes, he is alive. 24 hours, he is alive. He is very active in our lives, in our world today. We could see his strategies, his tricks, so on and so forth. This is what my old Nigerian president used to say, and I believe he was a student of this seminary, and he would say to me, John, wherever God's people are, the devil pitches his tent right there. You hear me? Wherever God's people are, the devil pitches his tent right in the middle, in their midst, in their center. When you are tempted to doubt, to doubt our Father's promise, when you slander your friends, your neighbors, when you look down on your fellow students, when you pass by that suffering immigrant, when you pass by that suffering refugee, when you pass by that child who needs your help, lead us not into temptation. And I recall the words of the great Indian president, Muhammad Gandhi, who says, I love your Jesus, but I distaste, I hate your Christianity. I love your Jesus. So I ask my friends, 
Where are the Old Testament prophets, such as the Jeremiah's, the Amos's? With the economic meltdown, we are faced with such magnitude of corruption The guy called Madoff helped himself with millions of dollars. How many lives that guy has destroyed? And many of the CEOs who's helped themselves. And I do not hear the church speaking. I say to myself, where is the moral conscience of the church, of the leaders? My time in Africa, when such things happen, we will brave the day and stand up. Many times I have been called by the head of state I've been pushed to the corner in prison because I speak on behalf of the poor and the downtrodden, on behalf of the helpless, the ones whose voices cannot be heard or taken seriously. The church, some of us, have challenged the authorities and powers that be. For I know, for I know I'm convinced that my God has promised that the church, the gates of hell shall never prevail. So I ask you, in the midst of the babies being killed and slaughtered, where are the Lutherans? Where are the Luthers of our 21st century that can stand and say, here am I? The church has lost its urgency to speak, to testify, and to witness to the resurrecting power of Jesus, who promises, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, come what may. And when I stand in the pulpit of God, I speak, thus says the Lord, I fear no man, because I know, I know whom I believe, that he will strengthen me and give me the joy. 
where are the Lutherans? Where is the church of Christ in our day? Wake up, look around, and see what is happening to our world. And some of you are close to me, sometime like uh, my good friend, Dr. Wallenberg, I can see some of you students, some of you who would make a good pastors, haven't been in the game a little longer. You could tell by their faces, by their attitude and manners, and how they deal with one another. Not so, Dr. Hatton. I don't like a church where people don't respond. <laughs> Not so, Dr. Hatton. So goes his word. Lead us not into temptation. During this time of Lent, my friends, we are reminded that Jesus suffered for us. It is not just a time of giving up coffee drinking. It's not just a time of cutting down on the food consumption. It's not just time of, oh, I lessen the number of beer that I would drink. No. For me, lengthened season is more than that. It is a time when I rediscover who I am in Jesus. Somebody gave the illustration of a, a pumpkin. You know, when you go inside the pumpkin, you really get into the core of it. So, lengthening is a time for me for discovering who I am in relation with Jesus. That it's a time for me for processing, for thinking, for meditating. It is a time of changing my outlook into life. It is a time for taking stock and getting things right. It reminds me of the pain and suffering of Jesus. It reminds me that Jesus died for my sins so that I may become a true child of God. That as I walk the streets of St. Louis, they can see a speck of Christ in me as I relate to my fellow human beings. It is a time when I recall that there is no doubt in Jesus, 
For in Romans it says, I believe in the power of God In the dynamite of God, I believe in that power who has resurrected me from death to life. I admire the Muslims. You know, that's my heart and flesh. I have a dear brother. When comes the period of Ramadan, which could be equated as our own Lenten season, they do not just give up drinking coffee, but they fast the whole day from morning until the sun set for 30 days contemplating. But that's just superficial. For me, the lengthened season is much more deeper and more real because Jesus has changed my inside out. And so, I pray that I will come just as he was. And so, with steadfast hope, and in the promise of his presence, I believe. I believe that the tempter will be overcome by his great power. And finally, my friends, like the Austin airline miracle, the captain never gave up nor gave in. The captain was determined that the airline would not perish, nor would the people be perish. And so, with steadfast hope, we look unto Jesus, the God of Malachi, who says, trust in me, for I will open the windows of heaven and I will bless you as you have never been blessed before. Why do you doubt seminarians, deaconesses, profs? Why do you doubt? We serve our able God who promises to meet and supply our needs even in the midst of the economic meltdown, God will reach out. My prayer is that someone somewhere will come to our aid and will meet our needs.
That's the God I believe in. As an African pastor, I've seen it all. Poverty, suffering, persecution, I've seen it all. But I know that my God is able and he's stronger than man's imagination and wisdom. With all the problems we have, nobody talks about God or seek his help and aid. We think we know it all. We have become so autonomous. We feel that we are in charge, but we forget the God who creates the world. And so as you draw near with faith to receive his body and his blood, Trust in him. Doubt not. Have faith. The tempter has been defeated, and Christ is our victory. May God grant that to us as we seek to work and to follow his command. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.